It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. Well, all right, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us. It is hump day today, isn't it? Is it Wednesday today? Yeah, I think it is. I I lose track sometimes. Thanks for joining us, everybody, on the FMAM dial and, of course, uh, broadcasting everywhere on social media, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. Twitch, we're all over the place, and we're glad you make us a part of your midday afternoon, wherever you are, listening in, watching on YouTube. We got... uh, Staunch Republican coming in studio at the bottom of the hour, but he's a good dude. Uh, he's running for Assembly District 5. Alan Bigelow, former cop, former firefighter, uh, and also, uh, you know, brave because he served this country honorably as well. He'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour. Certainly have a lot to, to get to today. Uh, Steve Scalise uh, has blood cancer. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, Mitch McConnell had another freeze freezing. I don't even know what else you'd call it. I'm not a doctor, but we'll... We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, Mark Meadows, his testimony uh, the other day might have backfired against him. We'll get to all that stuff. Uh, big announcement to make, by the way. Very happy to announce, and I, I alluded to this earlier in the week, but we had to set down the time. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy will be joining us tomorrow on the show in hour number one. That is confirmed by his campaign manager. So. I will say this. I disagree with him on a number of issues, but I respect anybody that is willing to get into the debate, willing to talk, willing to, you know, agree to disagree on certain issues. So I'm happy that uh, he's willing to do that. And uh, a pretty good interview he did with Bill Maher, by the way. I really enjoyed it. I agree with Bill Maher on a lot of issues, and Bill Maher does attack the left from time to time. But uh, usually I agree with Bill Maher. I thought that was a really good interview that uh, Vivek did with Bill Maher. So Vivek Ramaswamy will be joining us tomorrow in our number one live. And, and we're supposed to be getting some video from him as well. So uh, I think that'll be a very good debate. I already have a lot of questions that I'm ready to ask him. So uh, he's not afraid to answer any questions uh, and get into it. So uh, looking forward to that tomorrow on the program as well. And of course, we'll have some more very special guests uh, throughout the week. Uh, and uh, Alan Bigel joining us at the bottom of the hour. All right. I want to start by saying this. Mitch McConnell had another medical episode today. I am not a doctor. I don't pretend to be a doctor, but I think all of us can make a fair assumption. He is not in good health. He's getting older. He already froze at a press conference. I think that was a few months ago, month and a half ago. And he held a press conference earlier today. So I want to describe it to you. And you're going to hear the audio where somebody asks him a question and it appears as though he's about to answer it. Somebody asked him about, uh, you know, re-election. And he starts to answer it. And then he has the same face he had like a month and a half ago where he just freezes. I just want you to listen to this. And then we're going to talk about it. What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Oh. Here's where the freezing starts. And right now he's just question, staring at the reporter, not moving. Still not moving, just right, staring. Sorry, you are. We're going to need a minute. His handler says he's going to need a minute. 
Then another gentleman comes over to the podium, says something along the lines of, okay, I'm okay. Okay. So you get the point here. Somebody else have a question? Please He's not well. Up. He's not well. Now listen, it's hard to watch that video if you're a person that is compassionate, regardless of what you think about Mitch McConnell's political ideology. Uh, I mean, I've heard, I hear people call him nicknames all the time, like the useless turtle and all these other things. Listen, it's not fun watching anybody go through this, especially if you have compassion. Feinstein should, uh, Feinstein should, should retire as well. Two perfect examples of somebody on the left and somebody on the right that should retire. Mitch McConnell needs to step down. Diane Feinstein needs to step down. They're both not well, health-wise. We hope they get well. They shouldn't be an elected official, period. Doesn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. But here is a fundamental difference that I'm going to explain to you right now. The difference, in my opinion, between some on the far right and some on the, uh, on the far left, for example. You won't find one Democrat in office that is going to mock Mitch McConnell. You're not going to find one Dem- Now, you might find Democrats that say he should step down, but they're also going to wish him well. And the last time this happened, Joe Biden picked up the phone and he didn't call Mitch McConnell to talk about policy or debate him or argue with him about something, about a bill that, you know, trying to pass. He asked how he was doing. How's your health? Me and my wife are thinking about you because that's what a decent human being does. And when we think of what took place in Pennsylvania with Futterman, and when we think of the stroke that he had when he was running against Dr. Oz, think about all the Republicans out there that were calling him a vegetable, all the Republicans out there that were making fun of his speech after the man had a stroke. People like Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, even Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, they were calling him a vegetable. They were mocking him. It wasn't thoughts and prayers, we hope you get well soon, Mr. Fetterman. No. Those on the far right were mocking him and making fun of him. Remember when Paul Pelosi was attacked by that nut with a hammer? There were some Republicans that were saying, we wish you well, we hope a speedy and full recovery. But people like Ted Cruz and again, Matt Gates, Sean Hannity's of the world were going on social media, spreading conspiracy theories that Paul Pelosi let that intruder in the home. And it was some sort of gay relationship. Ted Cruz even alluded to that on social media. Now, obviously, that wasn't true. Right. But the first thing we you know, when somebody is attacked with a hammer. Most people will immediately say, geez, that's horrible. Is he okay? What happened? That's what normal, decent human beings will do. If somebody sees what happened to Mitch McConnell, say, oh boy, we hope he gets the help that he needs. We hope he gets better. But those on the far right, some of those names that I just mentioned, were spreading conspiracy theories about how this was some sort of gay relationship. By the way, it was proven already in the investigation that this man broke in 
and he attacked Paul Pelosi with a hammer. They did not know each other. And this was a deranged individual that was far right, that belonged to far right fringe groups. That was proven. It was proven already in court. Did the Sean Hannity's of the world and those on the far right that spread conspiracy theories, did they retract what they said? Did they say, hey, you know what? I'm sorry. I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. Did Ted Cruz say, geez, it wasn't a gay relationship. I had it wrong. It was wrong of me to do that. I apologize to the Pelosi family. We might disagree on policy, but I apologize. No, of course not. None of these Republicans did that. And the Democrats don't have to apologize when it comes to Mitch McConnell because they're not spreading conspiracy theories. They're not commenting on social media, making despicable statements about Mitch McConnell and his health. No, it's thoughts and prayers. We hope you get better, sir. And the very worst thing a Democrat in office might say is it's probably time for you to retire, which, by the way, I agree with. As long as you have the same statement about Diana Feinstein, if you feel the same way about her, which I do, by the way, then I have no problem with you saying that. Mitch McConnell should be caring more about his health, spending time with his family and get away from the public eye. And that has nothing to do with his political beliefs, by the way. I say the same thing about a Democrat who's not well. We need to be consistent when it comes to everything, right? That is the fundamental difference between people on the far left and people on the far right today. These people on the far right, many of them, they lack compassion. Compassion. And the conspiracy theories continue. Now, listen. Steve Scalise announced yesterday that he has blood cancer. Here's my uh, first reaction to that. Well, that's terrible. We hope you get a full recovery, Mr. Scalise, even though I think he's a despicable person. I don't wish that upon anybody. I didn't wish that upon Rush Limbaugh. I certainly didn't wish that uh, upon Steve Scalise. But I want to give you an example of what I'm talking about because Jamie Raskin, even though some of you on the right might disagree with his politics, but I think he's a fair, decent person. Jimmy Raskin, uh, a year ago, had to go through chemotherapy. And he had to wear a scarf over his head. And it was Steve Scalise that gave him a hard time for doing that in the House chambers. Steve Scalise did that, and he refused to vote on lowering the cost of insulin and other drugs. I don't like to use the term karma. And I don't like to say that, well, geez, people get cancer because they're bad people. Because I know that there are a lot of wonderful people in society that sadly die uh, from horrible diseases like cancer. But is this a coincidence? I don't know. At times, I do believe in karma. Steve Scalise is not a very nice human being. And I just gave you a few examples. Jamie Raskin, another example. The guy just had gone through chemo, and it was Steve Scalise that gave him a hard time wearing that scarf over his head in the House chambers. So I don't feel bad for Steve Scalise. I don't wish this upon him. I hope he makes a full recovery. I don't feel bad for him. I will not be shedding any tears. I won't. And then we go to the right-wing conspiracy theories, which I talk about on this show all the time. And Greg Kelly on Newsmax is a perfect example of that. Because I want to play this cut for you. Greg Kelly on Newsmax claims that he has evidence of Biden corruption. Have a listen to this. 
but he hasn't seen the half of it yet. There is an audio tape, I am told, by people in the know, uh, not necessarily in government, not necessarily out of government, I can't say too much, um, but there is incontrovertible evidence of Joe Biden's corruption that is about to be made public. It's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen before Labor Day, but it will happen sometime between Labor Day and Halloween. This tape will be made public. I'm not sure by what entity at this point, but once it is heard, Joe Biden will have, well, he'll have only two options. Number one, he will not be able to remain a candidate for the presidency for re-election. It will be over and done with. The only thing that mm, he might be able to do, potentially, but probably not, is remain as president. I am told this tape is that incriminating, and they're worried about it right now at the White House. They know about it. They know it's out there. There may be more than one, and it makes a lot of sense. All right. So there you go. Greg Kelly claims, and even though he's not getting into any detail, and we've heard this before, I'll get to that in a moment, that apparently he has what he calls uh, incontrovertible evidence of Joe Biden corruption. Incontrovertible evidence of Joe Biden corruption. Now, does this remind us of something else? Remember when Tucker Carlson said in the mail he had evidence on its way to the Fox News studios of Hunter Biden corruption. And then all of a sudden, that evidence was lost in transit. Play this. They traced the envelope from the moment our producers dropped it off in Manhattan on Monday, all the way to 3.44 a.m. yesterday morning. That's when an employee at a sorting facility in another state noticed that our package was open and empty. Apparently, it had been opened. So the company's security team interviewed every one of its employees who touched the envelope we sent. They searched the plane and the trucks that carried it. They went through the office in New York where our producer dropped that package off. They combed the entire cavernous sorting facility. They used pictures of what we had sent so that searchers would know what to look for. They went far and beyond, but they found nothing. Yeah. yeah. Those documents have vanished. (laughs) They just vanished. Tucker Carlson for months on at the time was the highest rated TV news show in the country and maybe the world claiming that he had substantial evidence of Hunter Biden crimes that included Joe Biden. And we heard that for months that this enormous evidence was somehow in transit in the mail headed to the Tucker Carlson show. And then all of a sudden it just vanished. It just disappeared. Now I think anybody with an IQ over 20 understands that this was a lie. Tucker Carlson never had any evidence of anything. It was a lie to get headlines and it worked because people believed it. Greg Kelly over at Newsmax who has absolutely no credibility, that entire network, and it's not a news network. Newsmax is a joke. It's a clown show. You might as well have some clowns juggling balls in front of a camera, and they would have more credibility than Newsmax. Greg Kelly has zero credibility. He claims he has all this evidence 
incontrovertible evidence, he calls it, that will end Joe Biden's campaign and that will force him to step down. So when people lie, and yes, I do believe Greg Kelly is lying and he's doing exactly what Tucker Carlson did because it makes headlines. When a so-called journalist and an excuse for a journalist, a pathetic excuse, claims that they have some sort of evidence that will force a politician to step down or maybe get a politician to be criminally charged with a crime. And then if it gets lost in transit, like it did with Tucker Carlson. Or in this case, I don't believe it'll be real evidence. I think it'll be a lie, just like they lied about Dominion voting machines and then they were threatened with a lawsuit and then all of a sudden they retracted. Don't you think somebody should get fired for that? Because mark my words, Republicans for years now have been trying to come up with a smoking gun and real evidence that Joe Biden committed any crimes. Zero evidence that he committed any crimes. You can talk until the cows come home. They haven't come up with anything. Hunter Biden is a separate entity. He is a private citizen. He's allowed to sell his paintings. He was already convicted on tax charges and a gun charge, which, by the way, had absolutely nothing to do with his father. And until you can actually show real evidence that Joe Biden committed a crime, I don't want to hear about it. And now Greg Kelly is saying that he has this evidence and somehow Greg Kelly, the Newsmax reporter or anchor with zero credibility, is able to get their hands on evidence that will change the outcome of the election. And Joe Biden's going to be forced to step down. But yet all these Republicans have been investigating the Biden family, or as they like to call it, the Biden crime family, and they can't come up with anything. No smoke and gun. But Greg Kelly from Newsmax was able to do it. Listen, when Tucker Carlson went on the air, and he said that this Hunter Biden evidence was going to change everything. And he had it in the mail and it was coming. I knew he was full of crap because Tucker Carlson is a liar. Tucker Carlson, for years, spewed his right wing propaganda and lies and hatred and his pro Putin agenda for years. He never had any credibility. So I didn't believe him. Is there any logical person out there that believes that Greg Kelly has the goods at Newsmax and that all of a sudden he's got the evidence that's going to get the Biden and the Biden crime family? If you do believe it, you're going to have egg on your face over the course of the next several months. You're going to have egg on your face because it ain't happening and there's no real evidence. And it's a joke. It's not going to happen. But hey, there's people out there that believe it will happen. And I'll open up the phone lines if you want to be a part of the show. I'm happy to do so. Uh, do you actually think that these people at Newsmax have the goods on Joe Biden and the, and the Biden crime family. If you do, I'll take your phone calls right now. 702-221-7283. Maybe you take my side and uh, you don't believe them at all. Do you agree? Do you agree? Disagree with what I said about Steve Scalise? I don't wish cancer on anybody. It's a terrible disease. It touches all of our lives. It's horrible. 
I don't wish that upon anybody. I certainly didn't wish that upon Rush Limbaugh. Even though I thought Rush Limbaugh spewed hatred and bigotry on his radio show every single day. I don't think Steve Scalise is a good person. In fact, I'd say he's a really bad guy. And I gave you reasons for that. But I'm not going to be shedding any tears for Steve Scalise. I won't be doing that. And while all this stuff is going on, here's a story you won't hear on right-wing echo chamber radio. I guarantee you that. The Biden administration targeting blood thinners and diabetes treatments and eight other medications for Medicare's first ever drug price negotiations as it seeks to lower medical costs for Americans. The overwhelming majority of Democrats, just about all of them, are in favor of this. The overwhelming majority of Republicans are against it. Why? You hear Republicans all the time talking about, geez, we need to lower those prescription drug costs. But then when a bill lands on their table, they vote against it. Steve Scalise is one of them. He voted against lowering the cost of insulin and other prescription drugs. Why? That's my question. Why? Why would you vote against this? This is an effort, and it's at the center of Joe Biden's re-election pitch. And he's trying to show Americans he's deserving of a second term because of the work he's doing to lower costs for them while the country is struggling with inflation. And the cost of drugs is the difference between life and death, dignity and dependence, hope and fear, he said. Isn't this a good thing? You won't hear about this story on right-wing radio. You won't hear it today on Sean Hannity's radio or TV show. You won't hear it on Mark Levin's show. You won't hear it on Laura Ingram's show. I guarantee you that you won't hear this story on Newsmax. Why? Because Biden is doing a good thing. Biden is not perfect. I don't want Joe Biden to run again in 2024. I've made that very, very clear. But Joe Biden has done some good things for the country. It's not bad, bad, bad all the time. And this is a good thing. I think most people, Republican or Democrat, if you could hide your biases for a moment, would agree that lowering the cost of insulin and lowering the cost of some of these other prescription drugs is nothing but a good thing for America. This is not a bad thing. This is a good thing for America. Tell me why this is a bad thing. Why is it a bad thing? to target some of these treatments and some of these drugs in trying to lower the cost. Why would this be a negative? Why is this a bad thing? This is nothing but a good thing. But Republicans continue to vote against lowering the cost of prescription drugs. Look at their voting record. It's absurd. And while all this stuff is going on, former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows Roughly three and a half hours of testimony, Meadows testified about his job at the White House in the chaotic post-2020 election period when then-President Donald Trump and current Meadows co-defendant sought to overturn the election results to stay in power. And I also hear this argument nonstop from Republicans and people that continue to defend Donald Trump. The argument that I hear from them is everybody's allowed to have an opinion on the 2020 election and contest it. That's not what this is about. That's not what these indictments are about. Specifically in Georgia, this is about a scheme to overturn the outcome of an election. It's called a fake electorate scheme. 
This isn't about contesting an election. And I heard Hogan Gidley on TV yesterday saying, listen, uh, you know, all these Democrats contested elections. Hillary Clinton did it and this person did it, and that person did it. Did Democrats incite an insurrection to try to overturn the outcome of an election? Did Democrats put together a fake electorate scheme? Of course they didn't. It is a false analogy, and don't let Republicans or MAGA supporters tell you any different. It is a false analogy. Make no mistake about it. Because of this fake electorate scheme and Donald Trump lying about the 2020 election, we had something called January 6th. An insurrection where people died, over 140 officers were injured. If Don- and if you don't believe me, and you're still a non-believer, let me ask you this question. If Donald Trump didn't lie about the 2020 election, and for months before January 6th, if Donald Trump didn't say over and over and over again that the election was stolen and that the Democrats cheated and Joe Biden was an illegitimate president, if Donald Trump didn't do that, does January 6th still happen? Answer that question for yourself. Now, if obviously, if you're, the answer is no. January 6th doesn't happen. The reason why January 6th happened is because of Donald Trump's lies and hateful rhetoric. Joe Biden is an illegitimate president. I won the election in a landslide. The Democrats cheated. Those are lies. That's not true. There are consequences for your words and actions. That's not contesting an election. Al Gore contested an election. There wasn't an insurrection, there wasn't a fake electorate scheme, and nobody died. Hillary Clinton conceded the following day. Now, she did talk about Russian interference. She did make some statements that I might not agree with. But there was no insurrection led by Democrats, and there was no fake electorate scheme to overturn the outcome of an election. There were no Supreme Court justices' husbands or wives that were involved either. That is the fundamental difference when Republicans try to bring up some sort of comparison between Democrats and Republicans when it comes to contesting an election. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break and we will continue to talk about these topics and we'll take some phone calls at 702-221-7283. Again, that number if you want to be a part of the show, 702-221-7283. Guy joining us in studio next. He is a war hero. He served this country honorably. He is a former firefighter. He is a former police officer. And he's running for office. His name is Alan Bigelow. He is a staunch Republican. So I'm going to ask him these questions in studio when we come back. As I also mentioned, Vivek Ramaswamy will be joining us tomorrow on the show. That is going to be very, very interesting. That's right. It's going to be a good uh, discussion, hopefully a good debate. Uh, Vivek joining us on the show tomorrow. But we got uh, Alan Bigelow that's going to be joining us next in studio, staunch Republican who's running for office. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. everybody are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of brooklyn that true blue new york style pie well worry no more stallone's italian eatery pizza is a knockout we're located at 467 east silverado ranch boulevard just off of premium road half a mile east of south point casino just minutes from the las vegas strip come by and grab a slice of pie plus check out our brooklyn inspired italian cuisine 
Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. Fantasy football draft is upon us. And in Las Vegas, your number one draft party destination is Sapphire. Don't miss their sexy sports podcaster and Instagram vixen. Lisa Ann kicking off the fantasy football draft party poolside. Sapphire Day Club complete with dozens of topless entertainers and cocktail servers, bartenders, free Wi-Fi, and of course, fantasy draft boards to stake your top picks. Draft poolside or inside Sapphire Las Vegas. Packages are available now online at sapphirelasvegas.com and sapphiredayclub.com. Text or call 702-869-0003 to reserve your draft party today. Again, that number, 702-869-0003. And I'll see you at Sapphire. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Hey, everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries, you name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. 
As a three-time international award-winning restaurant, Joe's New York Pizza uses only the freshest and best available ingredients. From giant slices of hand-tossed pie to calzones, strombolis, fingers, and wings, Joe's serves all your favorites. Stop in for a slice at one of their two Las Vegas locations at Paradise and Harmon or South Las Vegas Boulevard, or you can check out their menu at joesnewyorkpizzalv.com. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, programming note, Vivek Ramaswamy will be joining us on the show tomorrow in hour number one. Looking forward to that. Check out my friends at Jackson's Bar and Grill located in Flamingo and Jones. Great food, great atmosphere, great gaming bar. Uh, Brian and his lovely wife, Robin, will take care of you over there. It's one of my favorite spots in town. In fact, I'm going to be heading over there today. Jackson's Bar and Grill located at Flamingo and Jones. You know... I talk to, uh, I have more Republicans on this show than Democrats. That's the way I like it. And even though I lean to the left on social issues, uh, I've always said, you know, number one for me is I want to vote for people that I think are decent people, people that I have respect and, and people that are decent people. And I really believe that the man we have with us in the studio right now is certainly a perfect example of that. We don't agree on, on some political issues. There's no doubt, but I have a lot of respect for him for a lot of reasons. Number one, I think he's a good guy. Number two. He served this country honorably. He's a former cop. He's a former firefighter. I mean, can public service get any better than that? Uh, and and I always love it when we spend some time with Alan Bigelow, who's running for Assembly District 5, who joins us right now in studio. Alan, pleasure to see you again. I appreciate you coming in. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. And I'm still a fireman. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yes. You're a former serving. cop. You served this country. Cop, served and you're country, still a fireman. Still a fireman. Small business What owner. happened at Fountain Blue? Were you up there for that fire? No, I wasn't. That's, <laughs> okay. that's a different different district okay. than mine. But yeah. Fair enough. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. How old are you now, Alan? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm in my seventh decade. How about that? And you're still a firefighter. You're yeah. in good shape. You look yeah, good. I'm, for I'm it, 61. You know? Yeah, so. we both go to the same barber. Yeah, by we the do. Way. You know, yeah. he, he does a really good job for us. <laughs> well, thanks for coming in as always. I really well, appreciate thanks, yeah. appreciate you being here. We have a lot to talk about. Oh yeah. There's Let me been... start with this. Let me get the Donald Trump okay. stuff out of the way first because yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk to you about the debate. I want to talk to you about Mitch McConnell today sure. and Democrats and Republicans with health issues. Mm-hmm. So many things to get to with you. What do you make now of this fourth indictment? And a lot of uh, Republicans that are running for office saying that they would pardon him. What are your thoughts on these indictments in general? Well, you know, it's funny because every time something comes up about Hunter, within a week, there's another indictment on Trump. And I'm like, how is, you know, this is weird. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's part of something that they're organized. Maybe it's, maybe it's just pure coincidence. I kind of doubt the coincidence, but because of the timing on everything, like, one of the trials is right before Super Tuesday, like like a couple days. And I'm like, how in the – this has to be timed. It has to be some kind of a programmed approach. Even if the other indictment – or I'm sorry, the other cases is in March, mm-hmm. right? Right, right. Could it be possible, though, that maybe they're just doing their job and that maybe Donald Trump committed some pretty serious crimes? Could that be possible? Anything can be possible in this. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is we have a right to question anything in this country. That's – a duty as a mm-hmm. voter, that's a duty as a citizen, and we should. You should, you know, hey, I've run for office a couple of times now. Did I like the results? No. Mm-hmm. Did I get beat? Yeah, I did get beat, you know? But sure. the saying is, it was an honest beat, as far as I could tell. Right. You know, were there some discrepancies? There's a discrepancy in every election there ever was. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is because we're human. We do, do sure. human errors. Are they enough to change a, a vote or a change a position on, on an election position? 
hasn't been happening very often, mm-hmm. but it has happened once in a blue moon. So I agree with you that you should have the right to question something. Yes. It could be an election. Yeah. It could be anything, right? Yeah. Or, or, but the charges against Trump are, you know what they are. Yeah. Uh, one of them being uh, putting together a fake electorate scheme. I think you and I would agree that there's a fine line between questioning an election and saying that the election was stolen with no evidence to back it up and then allegedly putting together this fake electorate scheme. I mean, Mike McDonald right here in the state of Nevada, the Republican chair, mm-hmm. was asked by the FBI, did you play a role in the fake electorate scheme? And the leader of your party in this state pleaded the fifth on that. That has to tell you right there that there is a smoking gun. Is it a smoking gun or is it something that is so right on the edge that it could be thought that? Um, Either or, it's morally wrong, whether it's a crime or or not, that let the courts decide. That's the whole point. You know, let the courts figure it out. I, you know, I'm running my own campaign right Right. now. I got plenty on my mind. I got tons of stuff to do. You know, we're making phone calls every day. We're Mm -hmm. setting up events. We're visiting people. We're knocking on doors. Um, Can I make a mistake in there? Sure, I could, Mm -hmm. you know, but at the same time, if I if I think I made a mistake, I'm going to call the Secretary of State's office and say, "Hey, is this okay or is this okay?" Mm-hmm. And we've made a couple phone calls because we had a couple ideas. We weren't sure they would float. Mm-hmm. They weren't sure they were appropriate, and so we asked. And so yeah, we're thinking, you know, well, this one isn't really a good idea because it goes under this and this and this. And we're so like, okay, well, we're not going to do that because we don't want to cross that line. We want to be, mm-hmm. you know, everything has to stay above board. Everything has to be legal. And sure. because if not, then do it the right way. Yeah, I, I understand. Be that. the right person. Be the on. You know, just be upfront. Well, I, I, but, you know? but be, speaking of being upfront, though, I wanted to ask you this question. I'm going to ask you the same question to all the candidates that were asked on the stage in the GOP debate. Sure. If Donald Trump is a convicted felon and mm-hmm. he's innocent until proven guilty, right. he'll have his chance to defend himself in court, which obviously I'm for. But if he is a convicted felon, could be the Espionage Act, could be racketeering, who knows? But if he's a convicted felon, would you still support him as as the nominee? If if he is the Republican nominee, then I, as a Republican, I'm going to support our party. Even if he's a convicted felon? If he's a convicted felon, that takes him out of the running. As you far as I know, a, it you doesn't. You can't be a felon and be in, you can't have be a felon and get a security clearance. Okay, my okay. So that would eliminate that option right there, right off the bat. But he, again, is he is he convicted? Is he not? Is he going to walk away from this? Is that what you want, the leader of the Republican Party, to be a convicted felon? Oh, absolutely not. You don't want that. No, I want I want somebody that's going to be a fighter like I am. I want somebody that's going to step up. And, you know, when somebody says, I dare you to cross the line, right. if you don't, I'm going to come so and mess I, you up. Alan, I agree with yeah. you, right? We agree. But what do you think of those people on that debate stage? I think it was only Hutchinson and Chris Christie that didn't raise their hand when asked, would you still support a convicted felon? What does that say? I thought this was the law and order party. How can you be the law and order? Not talking about you. Right, right. I'm talking about them. How can they be the law and order party? When they say, we hate Joe Biden so much and we hate his policies so much that we're going to support a convicted felon if he's convicted. You know, Chris Christie is is one of those people that I just can't even get behind to support at all. So anything he says. Why? He's just a blowhard. I mean, everything. He, I mean, he's he's talking across the stage to, to Vivek. And I was like, aren't you supposed to be talking to the moderator? You know, you can answer, but talk mm-hmm. to the moderator so the people can say when he leans over and he goes. You're an idiot. That's paraphrasing. Yeah, yeah. You know, basically that's what he said. That's basically what he said. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, 
how, what kind of credibility does that say? That's what, that, but that's what Trump has done for seven years. He's he, done that stuff for seven years and he's gained popularity for doing yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Now, know. obviously, many Republicans don't like Chris Christie for calling out Donald Trump. Sure. You know, let's talk about Nikki Haley for a moment. Okay. okay? Let's talk if about I Nikki Haley. I, I, I agree yeah. with something that she said. Yeah. So, so I agree with a lot of, you know, I don't agree with some of her policies, but right. I was most impressed with her. Here's why. First of all, they're talking about inflation and then they're talking mm-hmm. about the debt. Mm-hmm. And re- Republicans proposed something like $7 trillion. And for the Democrats, they sure. proposed $2.4 trillion. She called out Republicans for that and she was honest. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated her doing that. And then when talking about abortion, I disagree with her on her stance on abortion. But she was fair. And mm-hmm. she looked at Mike Pence and said, if you're the president, you're not going to be able to ban abortion across the country. We need to be fair with the American people. Most Americans agree that you know late-term abortion mm-hmm. is wrong. Mm-hmm. Agree with her on that. And I also, she said, I also don't think that we should prosecute women for having abortions. Oh, I, I, I agree said, with both amen. of those statements. I said, amen. Yeah. But I said, here's a woman who I don't agree with on a very important policy mm-hmm. point, but she's being reasonable. Yeah. And I appreciated that about her. And I also appreciate her going after Vivek. And I'll ask him about this tomorrow when he comes on, when she said he is exposed for his lack of foreign policy experience when he said he'd give Vladimir Putin parts of Ukraine. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Well, you know, and in, in, in her her statements, one of the statements she said that I totally agreed with is uh, the government has no business telling a woman what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we we don't need government intervention in our lives. The idea is to remove government intervention. The people give the government the authority. And that could be the vaccine or it could abortion. be the vaccine. It right. could be any one of a hundred items, yep. you know, stay out of our personal business. Agreed. We don't we don't. Yep. You know, I mean. Do I tell you, you know, we, we don't tell each other, go see this barber. Right. You know, <laughs> although I would take your advice though. Yeah. You obviously my, my barber's name is Bick, you know, <laughs> B-I-C. Uh, and, and it works because, you right. know, I'm not going to, I don't need the government telling me, well, your Bick razor is regulated because you don't have, yeah, whatever. But Alan, I mean, what you're yeah. talking about right now, obviously I agree with, and I think most Americans would agree with you, but that's the the reason to me why Republicans had a bad 2022 midterms, because they pushed this abortion stuff down people's throat. And guess what? Over six out of 10 Americans, Republicans and Democrats believe in the woman's right to choose, as do I, but I am against late-term abortion. Yeah. I don't want to see women having 12, 15 when abortions. When we have a baby that has a heartbeat, that's a living being. And I understand people have that view and mm-hmm. they're entitled to that view. And I don't want to tell people what to do with their mm-hmm. bodies, though. If you want to have a hundred kids, go have a hundred kids. I'd rather be able somebody... to pay for it if you do it. But here's you know? my, but here's because the, it's not the government's job to correct. pay for your kids. But here's the pragmatic issue that I have a problem with people that call themselves pro-life, which is you already have hundreds of thousands of kids right now that are waiting for foster parents. Right. If you ban abortion, which isn't going to happen, but if it was, you're going to have hundreds of millions of kids that are, that are waiting. It's not pragmatic. It can't happen. And I don't think Republicans who call themselves pro-life think that through. You know, the, the adoption programs are, are so critical to these kids. Mm-hmm. Kids have to have families to grow up with. They need that, in, you know. And when they get institutionalized like that, it becomes an unfortunate situation. You see kids bouncing from foster home to foster home to foster home. I'd love to see a program where these kids can just, they get matched up. If it's a foster home, they get matched up with a family that kind of meets their needs instead mm-hmm. of just somebody who wants the paycheck. Right. Um, and then let's speed up the adoption programs. Let's, you know, do the backgrounds and make sure they're a good family and on the right people to have these kids. Mm-hmm. But let's get these kids into homes. And I don't disagree with what you said, but don't you think that should happen first before 
so many Republicans out there want to ban abortion. Like, I don't understand. Like, uh, it's just to me, well, it's just not pragmatic. You know, and, and Nevada is kind of unique in itself, too, is, is you know, abortion is part of the Nevada you know, law. It's mm-hmm. fact law. It's not going to change. So in Nevada, you know, it's not even an issue, you know, and, and our our state senator or the federal senators, you know, mm-hmm. Jackie Rosen and, and Susie Lee and Cortez Masto and, uh, you know, Titus, they're all pushing this abortion issue. Well, it's ridiculous. We already have it established in Nevada law. There is no reason to keep rehashing that. Move on. Move it could on be to up something. to the people. There could be a vote. Yeah. And it could be up to the people down the road. But I don't yeah. see it happening because I don't it's see an established it. thing. I don't see it. Ha- I agree, yeah. but I, but it, it is happening in other states. Well, um, and other states yeah. or other states. And Nevada Here's, needs to move on to things that are more Nevada. I don't. I don't you know? disagree with you. But here's my problem again with mischaracterization when I when, when they call themselves pro-life mm-hmm. and it means that a Democrat that is okay with abortion is somehow pro-abortion. Um, I'll, I'll take myself for example. Um, I wouldn't consider myself pro-abortion. I would consider myself pro-a woman's right to choose what she wants to do with her body. Mm-hmm. I'm not jumping on a trampoline and, and getting excited when a woman has an abortion. It's a very difficult decision. It is. The woman has to have. I just don't want to take that right away from her. Would I rather her not have an abortion? Would I rather her be a little bit more careful? Yes. But I'm not going to tell that woman what to do with her body. And I think the issue that uh, the majority of Americans have is, especially women, they don't want to be told what to do with their body by some middle-aged man who doesn't know what it's like to be pregnant. And I think that's what Nikki Haley's whole point was. Right. The government shouldn't be telling them you know, what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So what do we do then? You know, we always talk about freedom of choices and limiting government's intervention. And I think we just need to realize what that means. Mm-hmm. And if we do that, then we're not going to have questions about, well, you know, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. You're going to have a moral compass in there somewhere. Right. Whether it comes from your family, whether it comes from your church, whether it comes from uh, your organizations that you belong to. And that's going to dictate what you do. Sure. Agree. You know, you know my, my personal values mm-hmm. is I don't agree with abortion unless there's some very specific situations, mm-hmm. you know. You have a situation uh, where the the child is dead in the womb. It you know it's how about it's, rape or incest? Incest. I on incest. I mean, if something's going on in incest and somebody's failed to do something somewhere, you know, people know. You know, in in families, there's always oh well, you know, uncle so and so. You know, we don't leave the kids with them. Mm-hmm. Well, if you did. Then you're the idiot that caused the problem. We need to have another conversation. True, but what about the victim? Should that victim be forced to have that child? That victim has a choice, Mm -hmm. and and they need to be counseled on the pros and cons and whether they're going to proceed with that choice. Would you allow that victim to make that choice? As an adult, they should be allowed. As a child, in many cases, then we need to have another conversation. We need to really dig into what's going on there because we've, we've bordered on child abuse, if it's, if we allowed it to happen, and there's an accountability. Well, there. obviously, people need to be arrested. There's of no, course, no. I agree with you there, 100. Yeah. percent So, um, yeah, yeah. But no. forcing, but forcing, you know, a 13 year old to have a child, they're not even capable of making real decisions yes. yet. Thank you. I, I agree with that. Let's move on. Let's talk about you know the war in Ukraine. Sure. Uh, you're somebody that served this country honorably. And uh, you risked your life for this country, which I will always have the utmost respect for people yeah, like it's, you. It's a, it's a strange feeling looking across the border, a Russian soldier with an AK-47 in his arms. Yes, it is. And you're the perfect person to ask this question then. And it's a policy question. Okay. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, mm-hmm. on a debate stage a few weeks ago, said that 
he wants America to win. Didn't really say he wanted Ukraine to win, which I find interesting. And then he said in order to for Vladimir Putin uh, to get his troops out of there and end the war, he would give, he used that term, give Putin parts of Ukraine, which I find to be absurd because then you're rewarding you're an rewarding evil murderous. Yeah. Right. What do you make of that? You served you this know, country. We went through that kind of a thing, and, and this is going into the time machine again. When World War II ended, we gave part of Berlin to Russia. Mm-hmm. Of course, then Reagan came in, and he told him to drop the wall, and he dropped the wall, and, and it was a very emotional day for me because mm-hmm. I was actively serving that, and I'm like, wait, what kind of show is this? Oh, no, it's not. It's live. They're taking down the wall. Holy crap. Because my movement was limited in Europe when I was in Germany, you know, in Germany mm-hmm. because of the clearances that I held. I couldn't go to certain countries and I couldn't participate in some activities because, you know, if the Russians captured whatever or whatever the case was, there was potentially a, a uh, opportunity for them to gain knowledge that they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. So giving countries back and forth. I mean, look, you know, we have another situation in Korea, you know. They gave part of Korea to North Korea to right. kind of keep the peace. It's been done. It's not my favorite activity. I think, you know, if a sovereign country has borders, that they should be observed. And the problem, I agree, and the problem I have, I have so many problems with his comments on so many levels, but you're rewarding an evil murderous dictator. And then if you reward him, he's going to invade another country. It's yeah. just a matter of time. Now, to the credit of everybody else on the stage for the most part, and, and, and again, uh, Florida Governor uh, Ron DeSantis was a little wishy-washy on this, but for the most part, everybody else on stage, including Mike Pence, called Putin what he is, mm-hmm. a murderer, a dictator, Nikki yeah, Haley. P- Pence was very passionate yes. about it. Mur- I thought yeah. he had a pretty strong debate. Murderer, dictator, Nikki Haley. Mm-hmm. Why is it? And again, I'm going to go back to Trump because I have to. He's the face of the party. He's destroying everybody else on that stage. He fails to call Putin a murderer. Joe Biden did. You can disagree with Joe Biden on so many different issues, and I know you do, and we'll Mm -hmm. talk about that. But Putin called, he called Putin an evil, murderous dictator. Why won't Trump do that? I think Trump understands his potential power over him, and he doesn't have to get into those um, explanatives that, can be inflammatory at times and you know and putin is exactly that but trump's coming in with the idea and and he said it he'll he'll shut it down in a day you know he's going to sh- end the war in you, a day you don't believe that no i that's, that's absurd me? isn't the it? logistics yeah. involved in that would you know be better than anybody <laughs> you know does anybody believe a, that when he says a day that? <laughs> okay maybe three <laughs> You know, because you got communication lines, I don't you got to work happening. through back and forth. You got, you know, you got units spread across 300 po- miles of a frontier. What powers does Donald uh, Trump have where he thinks he could just pick up the phone and say, hey, Vladdy, knock it off? And he, okay, no problem, Mr. Trump. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Know, I, I, I'd love to see it. <laughs> but it's not going to happen. You know, the reality check is there. Yeah. But I'd love to see it. I mean, and he's done some stuff similar in the past where he's like enough's enough you better stop we're gonna we're gonna take care of business let's talk about the money though okay because there's a lot of people and some democrats Mm -hmm. that do take issue that think that joe biden has given too much to the ukraine uh or ukraine i say the ukraine the ukraine Ukraine. yeah um it's not like he's just sending a bunch of hundred dollar bills to families he's not doing that no he's sending money over to the government Uh, artillery 
weaponry mm-hmm. so that Ukraine can do defend themselves. Sure. If you want to say maybe he's given them a little bit too much, I think that's a fair conversation to have. What do you, where do you stand on that? You know, I've seen comparisons on what we give per capita per what the Europeans give per capita. And then I just heard the other day that uh, the F-16s that were requested uh, are going to be delayed for another year and a half uh, from one of the other countries. And I'm like, so why is Europe delaying all of this stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, everybody comes to us when something's happening. Everybody comes to the United States. Hey, we need money. Hey, we need help. Hey, we need help. Why aren't, you know, why is it always us? Mm-hmm. We have a, a European uh, coalition. They converted all the money to the euro. They converted, you know, all these different things. Let's start with those guys and get them a little more vested because it's their backyard. Mm-hmm. You know, we're traveling, you know, several thousand miles to get there. These guys, it's 100 miles or maybe yeah. 200 miles or uh, a 20-second air flight. You know? so, so you would be on the side of we can continue to send them aid. But maybe not as much as I, we have. Yeah. Is that fair? Have, yeah. yeah I, I would say that. Yeah. You know, not as much as we have. I mean, everybody looks to us for aid no matter what it is, mm-hmm. whether it's in Africa, whether it's in Europe, whether it's in the Middle East, everywhere we do. Okay. Let's take a look at what we need in America, though. We just had a horrible fire in Maui. Can we do both? Can we do both? Are we going to send a couple million dollars to Maui or we need to send a couple billion oh, dollars I'm to Maui? Sh- I'm sure it's going to be billions. You know, I don't, right I don't, now, yeah. the, the, the promised money is in the millions to Maui from the president, yeah, not that's the billions. Start. But that's to start. And he said that in and, the future, more is going to be sent. You know, the $700 yeah. per person, these guys have, I mean, $700 doesn't buy groceries and a pair of jeans. Are you kidding me? I agree that's not enough, but I don't believe that it ends there. But I we're going to send, we're gonna send yeah. billions and billions to Ukraine. So let's let's scale that back. Let's bring that, you know, let's take care of our home. We got another hurricane rolling in to Florida today. Mm-hmm. We had one that hit the West Coast, you know, here in Vegas, you know, Mount Charleston, a beautiful area, nice neighborhoods, totally just, you know, the streets are gone. The water system is mm-hmm. gone. We got to go rebuild those things. We got to put the money back into our infrastructure mm-hmm. so that we can be the people that people come to for help because until we take care of ourselves, and that's in any business and that's in any environment. Until you take care of yourself, you can't help anybody else. Yeah, I understand that sentiment. I do believe that uh, they are going to get what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it ends with just $700. I think that was an immediate thing just to give them immediate yeah. help. Yeah, I agree with you. It's not the, enough. The, but the I, president's initial comments on that were, oh, no comment. And I'm like, yeah, we just had a national disaster where thousands of people are missing. Yeah. Hundreds are dead. And he says, no comment. So... I don't know why he said no comment walking uh, into, was it a helicopter? I'm trying to remember what he was yeah, walking into. He, and, and but he did hold a press conference a couple days later. He did explain why he didn't go there immediately. Uh, and I agree with that decision, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, the problem I have is this. And yes, I agree with you. Uh, probably not an appropriate time to say no comment. He should have yeah. said a couple of things. At a minimum, say my heart. My heart goes out to them. Agree. We're working on a program to help. Something agree, like that. Agree 100%. Yeah. The problem I have is this. Donald Trump when he was president, goes to some of these areas, and you've seen the video. Mm-hmm. He shows up, he throws MAGA hats and tosses out toilet paper, and uh, it seems like a campaign rally. Mm-hmm. Um, that's disgusting. I don't, I, and I know Joe Biden wouldn't do that. Um, I don't like it when Donald Trump shows up to a train derailment, and again, tosses out MAGA hats and buys a couple people McDonald's food. That's not going to help anybody. So I think Joe Biden, and I agree with him here, is I don't want to get in the way. Me and my wife will go out there, and he did go out there a week later. Yeah. Um, 
that the criticism you gave, I think, is very fair. When you know, when he says no comment, I want a president to be a leader, and I want him to be able to speak off the cup and speak. Yeah. he didn't and, do and that. And he should be prepared to do that. And as I was the disappointed. Leader of yes. the, you know the nation's big, you know the world's best country. Yes. You should be able to have I think some that's kind fair. of an answer right away. I think that's fair Whether criticism. Whether it's good or bad, yes. an answer. I think that's very fair criticism. Mm-hmm. What I don't like is what I just said. Uh, yeah. He should be out there right away. Why? So you can see you know, him throwing out paper towels and, and malarkey mm-hmm. hats. Um, that part, I think, is unfair, that yeah. criticism. Does that make sense? Well, you know, and, and to me, I mean, you know they need water. You know they need simple things. You know what? If I'm the president of the United States, and who knows, maybe one day I will be. Um, just, I hope you just are. kidding. Just I hope you kidding. are. I'll be a member of your staff. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to stay in politics forever. I want to get in, do some mm-hmm. good things, go play with my grandkids. That's my goals. Gotcha. Simple. Um, but you should, why didn't, why don't we load up all the C-130s we got sitting here with the National Guard bases and everything else? Load them up. Let's mm-hmm. get some supplies going. Mm-hmm. I mean, that should be a first response out of this. Mm-hmm. Air Force One, you can put a whole bunch of stuff on that airplane. Mm-hmm. Send it to Hawaii. Send it to Florida. Send it to California. That's, you know, the places that have been in these big disasters lately, they need to help right now. Now, Mm -hmm. once they get there, let the local agencies disperse it how they know they need to do it because the local guys do. I was staged for the the hurricane uh, last week when it's, you know, we're supposed to get the worst hurricane ever in Las Vegas. You know, obviously, (laughs) you know, I was, I was at a, at at the emergency ops center ready to go and, and out in Pahrump and, uh, we were st- we we're ready to go, you know. There was some logistics issues they had to fix. Not anybody's fault. Just mm-hmm. lack of practice, lack of the fact that we don't have a lot of disasters right. here in Nevada. You know, what do we do? How do we get something? How do we get sandbags into buildings that, you know, we know are going to fl- flood? How are we going to do this and that? And we figured it out, you know. It took a couple minutes and, and yeah. uh, nobody really stumbled because they followed a preset idea and right. a preset plan. And... And those are things that should be in place. There should be, there should be some kind of plan, a plan in place for the, the, the country of, you know, the United States, our country that says, okay, we have 200 C-130 cargo planes or whatever the number is. I don't know what the number is. I'm mm-hmm. just using the number. Yep. We can ship 10 truckloads of water in right now. We can ship, uh, 10 truckloads of, of MREs, you know, the, the army rations, we'll get food and water on the ground right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and the crazy part about the MREs is it comes with a little teeny tiny roll of toilet paper. So you don't got to throw toilet paper out, <laughs> you know, but that's the whole thing. We have this available. There to are us. definitely. Why isn't it yeah. is, is part of a plan? Why isn't it in place I don't, and I at the federal level? Because right. the FEMA is the federal disaster, guys. And I don't think it's a right or left wing thing. No, it's not. Um, it's a common think, sense, common decency thing. Yes. And I don't think, uh, I think w- when we're dealing with, we're talking about the richest country in the world or certainly right. one of the richest countries in the world, we need to, we need to take care of our own. I don't disagree with you. Absolutely. And there are a lot of people that will never be able to identify their loved ones. There's mm-hmm. over, I think, when, when I think, that kind of a fire yeah. rolls through and, and I've done, you know, recoveries from fires and, and there is, Parts and pieces you will never find. It's just they're it's gone. horrible. They're gone, and 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 I would uh, be willing to not not something that I would bet. I shouldn't use that term because we're talking about lives here. But I would be willing to believe that there's going to be at least seven or eight hundred people that were never will never be found. And it's and it's yeah, it, it's, they're, terrible. They're, it's terrible. Yeah, they're down to about 
three or four hundred now. Oh, is that what yeah, it is? I think okay, it's, it's cut in half pretty good, but it, the number of the dead is still rising. Right, you missing know, people, missing and people, it's just, and such. Well, it's horrible. You know, and like I said, a yeah. fire when it's is driven as hard as that was. I mean, a fire running a mile a minute is so hot and so intense that anything in the, we've seen, we saw the boats that are on the water melted. Yeah, we saw cars just. I mean. Literally melt into the pavement. And the sirens weren't turned on as and far the as the warning signs. You know, and there's a couple yeah. of thoughts in there. One of them was really simple. And I've been to Hawaii mm-hmm. when there was a tsunami. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when Japan had their earthquake, I was actually in Hawaii and the tsunami came through. And that's what they tell you. Run uphill. Well, this fire came downhill. So they would have run right into the flames. Mm-hmm. Um, and A I lot of people jumped in the water. A lot of people were jumping mm-hmm. in the water. when It was still hot. I right. mean, you know. Boats that are 50 feet out in the water, you know, melting down to the waterline. Scary. You know, horrible experience. And I really, I, I wish I, I wish there was more that we could do to help them. You know, I do too. Just, yeah. They're wonderful just, people. Yeah. Close-knit community there. Uh, family people. Great culture. I was out there last year mm-hmm. and uh, my heart goes out to them. I know yours does too. Yeah, you know absolutely. A thing or, you, you know a thing or two about fires huge, and devastation. Huge and prayers out to the families. It's horrible. And, and just, let's, let's. Look at the assessment six months from now. I think okay. that's more important than at the moment. I mm-hmm. agree with you. Biden should have immediately spoken out uh, and talked to the families and the victims. He waited a few days too long to do so. Um, I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the real telling factor within the Biden administration when it comes to this issue is where will this city be six months from now? And Did they the, get the help that's that they the question. needed? That's right. going to be that's going to be the litmus test yes. in all of this. I agree. Are they able to recover? Are they able to rebuild? Mm-hmm. You know, I like the fact that uh, I, I think the governor down there actually put a moratorium on mm-hmm. purchasing property in there so that people weren't taking advantage. I can't remember who it was. And it I was, believe it was I think it was the governor or, or somebody, you know. Yeah. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. um, baseball player, baseball grade who lives here, Shane Victorino, mm-hmm. uh, his father was a mayor out there. Yeah. So I want to try to get him on the show. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see how this yeah, let's thing see plays how, out. Let's see where we're at because right. that's right. going to be the tell. Are they recovering? Are they pre- pre- you know going in a way that's going to be uh, where they need to be mm-hmm. as fast as possible? Getting no question. The relief as po- you know, quickly as possible. Getting the money to rebuild as fast as possible. And I know there's organizations on the ground already helping, yep. but there's still evidence to find. There's still a the no cause to find. There's still things yep. that you have to take care of, and it takes time to do it. It just is mm-hmm. what it is. And you, like I said, is anybody mm-hmm. that knows a thing or two about devastation when it comes to fires, it's you mm-hmm. as, as still being a firefighter. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break, Alan, and I'm um, assuming you can stick around for oh, a little for bit. Sure. Great. So a lot more topics to get to with you. I want to talk to you a little bit about COVID. Sure. Uh, we'll get to that. I want to talk to you about hate crimes, particularly what took place in Jacksonville over the weekend, and then North Carolina campus where mm-hmm. a student uh, shoots his professor I want to talk to you about gun control, and we'll, we'll certainly get. Yeah, into we've talked about gun control. We before. have a little bit. <laughs> we have a little bit, and I know you met with uh, the governor, Joe Lombardo, the other day. So just I want real briefly. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I want yeah. to talk to you a little bit about that, mm-hmm. and and kind of the local spectrum as well. If you're just joining us, he is Alan Bigelow, uh, running for Assembly District Five. He is uh, someone who served this country honorably, a former police officer and still current firefighter. Uh, I got that one wrong. So we'll talk uh, a little bit more about that when we come back. Uh, 702-221-7283. If you do want to call into the show, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this with Alan. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. 
everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. Fantasy football draft is upon us. And in Las Vegas, your number one draft party destination is Sapphire. Don't miss their sexy sports podcast or an Instagram vixen. Lisa Ann kicking off the fantasy football draft party poolside at Sapphire Day Club, complete with dozens of topless entertainers and cocktail servers, bartenders, free Wi-Fi, and, of course, fantasy draft boards to stake your top picks. Draft poolside or inside Sapphire Las Vegas. Packages are available now online at sapphirelasvegas.com and sapphiredayclub.com. Text or call 702-869-0003 to reserve your draft party today. Again, that number, 702-869-0003. And I'll see you at Sapphire. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Gwynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement, and cancer screening. 
They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. Vivek Ramaswamy will be joining us on the show tomorrow. We got Alan Bigelow in studio running for Assembly District 5. want to quickly tell you guys about my good friends at Sahara West Urgent Primary Care. They're located right down the street from the station at Sahara and Jones. They pretty much do everything there. My, my family's going to be going out there. My mom's going to be going out there later this week. You don't even need an appointment, but if you want to give them a call, you can. 702-248-0554. You could also visit them online at SaharaWestUrgentCare.com. And tell them I sent you Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care. Alan, as I mentioned earlier, is a, he served this country honorably. He's a former officer, police officer, and currently still a firefighter. Incredible, uh, the public service. Uh, he's done uh, in his lifetime. I certainly have a tremendous amount of respect for, even though we might not agree on everything. Uh, I don't think I, I agree with anybody on everything, by the way, for the record. You shouldn't. <laughs> just, just to be clear. Yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, just to be clear. Uh, I do agree a lot with Bill Maher these days, and lately he's been going after the left. But mm-hmm. a lot of the things he says, I do agree with him on. I don't agree with him giving Robert F. Kennedy Jr. the platform that he did and, and praising him for his uh, crazy... Uh, opinions when it comes to vaccines. But uh, anyway, that's here and there. We'll get into that. Yeah. But um, I want to talk to you a little bit about guns, Alan, and I know we've done this before, or particularly even hate crimes. Now, I'm not one to say that white supremacy is the number one problem facing this country. And I don't think most Democrats have said that either. I, I think Our that's, president did. I think it's certainly a very important issue. Yeah. I think white supremacy is, uh, these are terrorists. Mm-hmm. And it's a big issue. Is it the only issue or is it the most dangerous issue? I'm not so sure. But what happened in Jacksonville, I think we both can agree, is unbelievably disgusting and a hate crime. Here's a white supremacist who walks in there, tries to kill as many black people as possible. There are some Republicans that are willing to call it out and call it for what it is. But yet there are other Republicans yeah, out there that are not. Hate crimes have no place in our society anymore. You know, we 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 bill ourselves as a equal opportunity world an equal opportunity country when we get into hate crimes we're getting into issues that are are, are they're so full of bigotry that it that you just can't give it any any validity there's when you sit there and say oh well that person i hate them because they drive a chevy and and are they Dry, they have a boat and I hate them because they have a boat. Well, that's ridiculous. You know, what happened to the fact that, hey, you know, he worked hard to get that Chevy or he worked hard to get that boat or hey, those kids in college worked hard to get those grades that they just got. Why is it that we have to get into things where that pettiness comes out and becomes even more and turns into hate? We don't, there's no reason to hate. I agree with you. I'll give you some reasons, and you can tell me whether you sure. disagree or not. Um, there are hate groups all over the world. I get that. Mm-hmm. But but I'm going to go back to something that Donald Trump said in regards to the Proud Boys. Yeah. A hate group. The Proud Boys is a hate group. And Donald Trump said, stand back and stand by. Um, this is an ideology. Donald Trump had dinner mm-hmm. with Kanye West, who has done nothing but go on the praising Adolf Hitler tour, 
and a known Nazi white supremacist. What type of example does that set to people when you do things like that? And that can't happen. It can't happen if you're an everyday citizen, and it certainly can't happen when you're a president or former president of the United States. Uh, Steve Scalise. Mm -hmm. And listen, I was sad to hear that he just announced that he has blood cancer. I wish him the best. Steve Scalise, back in 2004, spoke in front of David Duke and some of his members of the Ku Klux Klan. Now, he later apologized for doing it. Lack of judgment. No, that's not a lack of judgment. You know who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. And I think, as you eloquently stated, it has no place in society. No. Everybody needs to call it out. Mm -hmm. And not everybody is calling it out. Right. You know, and and, and I call it out whenever I see it. My family, this is is really, my family has grown and expanded in many ways. Uh, I have... A, a granddaughter, soon to be granddaughter with, you know, when I'm getting married, uh, to her, her lineage is Latino and East Indian. Uh, I have another member of my family who is gay, Latino with a black Latino mm-hmm. or black, you know, they're, and it, you know, I, I have this rainbow family, I guess is the best description and I'm proud of them. I love every one of them. I, I hug them. I tell them, you know, I love you. I just saw several of them yesterday. And it's like, what, you know, what's going on? How's, how's things going? One of them's a cop. And I'm proud of those people. I'm, I'm, I just, you know, people look around and go, you know, what? And I said, no, yeah, they're my family. Proud. You should be proud. They've of worked them. hard yeah. to get there. Sure. The, the, the gal that's the cop, she busted her butt. Mm-hmm. For the entire time in her academy and sacrifice time to, could we, you know, could go goof off and like we had a little family trip to Disneyland. Yeah. Well, she, she says, no, I, I have to study. I have to finish this right. I'm so proud of her. I could, I could bust, you know? Mm-hmm. So hate crimes to me, there's no place for that. I think most reasonable people like yourself, I do consider you a mm-hmm. very reasonable well, person, um, would agree. But we need to call out what this is. This is an ideology. It's not mm. just mental illness. It's an ideology. It, and, but it gets to the point where it does become a, a consuming mental issue. It, can, it, it just gets into your brain and eats. And there are right wing. I'm not saying that there aren't Democrats out there that aren't extremists well, as well. Because there, there and are. And the Democrats are the ones that form the Ku Klux Klan. I, so I There's, hear that all the time. But here's where I'm going to disagree with you okay. in, in spirit. While that may be true. I try to focus on not something that happened a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. but something that's happened in society today. And you know as well as I do that many of these white supremacist groups are not liberal groups today. You're right. Many years ago, it was formed by mm-hmm. Democrats, but I try to focus on today. And today, most of the. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. In today's society, there's really no place for it. Right. We've, we've expanded our knowledge, our, our mm-hmm. wisdom, mm-hmm. our ability to embrace people. Yes. You know, and, and, and I'm the Republican party, for example, as flat said, we love everybody. Mm-hmm. Then I need them to, I need everybody to prove that and to call you know, what happened in Jacksonville for what it is. Jacksonville is a hate crime. It's unfortunate. It sucks. Calling out white supremacy. You and know, a lot white of these supremacy has, it's just the, the whole hate crime thing is out. But, of, but, it, it's, 
unacceptable. And maybe I'm giving an example of extreme mm. people, uh, Dinesh D'Souza, or uh, who's a felon, by the way, or you know, a Charlie Kirk. But mm. when talking about Jacksonville, the first thing they say is not thoughts and prayers. You know, this was a hate crime. Well, let, let, you know what go- they talk about? They want to say, I want that manifesto from that trans shooter before we can talk about Jacksonville. And I'm thinking to myself, you are yeah, a clown. That's the thing. You are you a know? clown. We, we can roll it back even to Charlie Manson. Right. That was a hate crime situation brewing. Mm-hmm. His whole crew went out and started killing people. Call out hatred for what Call it is. Call it is. It, hatred has no place in America yeah, whether, anymore. Whether it's white supremacy white, or anything. Purple, green, yellow. I don't yes. care. Yeah. Whether it's religious or anything. Mm-hmm. We are grown people. We are responsible Agreed. people. We we have our own opinions and differences. Yeah. And that's what makes America I great. I don't want any politician, left or right, having dinner with a neo-Nazi. Well, you I know, let me, let me, I wanted to comment on that actually. Yeah. Because if you're trying to, to solidify our people into one group, into a, co- a cohesive group, you got to understand, and I'm not defending, I please don't take, I'm not defending any action here. But if you're going to say you're going to stop something, then you better do the research on what you got to do to find out what that is. Mm-hmm. If you're saying you're going to stop drunk driving. Yeah. Well, do we need to, figure out what the root cause of dr- drunk driving is. Yeah, we should. Let's not give these people platforms. Right. I expect Alex Jones to give these people platforms. Mm-hmm. Not if you're a former president of the United States. Let's take some phone calls. Alan, put on the, that sure. headset so you can hear. 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the show, 702-221-7283. Let's start off with Shay. Hello, Shay. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Um, I'd like to talk about two things. One, Steve Scalise. I think that man, to, for the media to prop this man up, talking about this man as a legend and um, a hero and stuff about the guns, this man, to me, is a stone-cold racist. And to be honest with you, himself, I have no empathy for that man. This man has fought hard to take away health care from the poor and average citizens. Just look at Louisiana. Louisiana is one of the poorest states when it comes to health care. Well, Shay, you and heard what I said earlier. I said I'm not going to shed a tear for him. I'm not. I'm oh, not no, no. I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't hear that. I didn't hear that part of the show. That's okay. But I'm going to tell you something. I can care less if he's hurt or not. Because you know what? He does not help the average poor citizens. And I just don't understand why people are well, so blind to that. Well, let's ask it, that, just, Shay. Let me ask Alan. Shay, hang on the line. Let me ask Alan this question. When you have a guy like Scalise, who uh, Jamie Raskin just went through chemotherapy, mm-hmm. and he's wearing this, mm-hmm. I guess, you, scarf on his head, and it was Steve Scalise that gave him a hard time for wearing that on the House floor, is it hard to mm-hmm. have empathy for someone who just announced that he has cancer when he's making it hard for a guy like Raskin who just went through chemotherapy? Well, you know, it's funny how, how things tend to come back around to you and you start mm-hmm. getting uh, into the weeds a little bit, you know? And, and if you're able to... if you're busting on somebody that's got cancer and then all of a sudden you got cancer how can you expect any empathy or sympathy in that yeah i'm, I'm with you uh, i think we all agree on that shay go ahead but it also shows you the stupidity of the republican party because majority of their voters are uneducated and that's the problem with them because it's like i feel like we need to have universal health care in this country mm-hmm. and for somebody to say we can't afford it yes we can afford it it's just to me. To me, it's just mind-boggling. Another point. Yes. The gun re- the gun laws. I believe the gun laws are going to be changed eventually, because you look at Gen X, you look at Gen Y. I mean, no, Gen Gen Z and Gen Y 
are coming out and protesting and everything. Once these older dinosaurs get out of office, there's going to be some serious changes to, to these well, dumb laws. I will ask Alan uh, yeah, about that. Uh, Shay, uh, good to hear from you. I, I, uh, I am on your side when it comes to Steve Scalise. Trust me, and I appreciate the phone call. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the, call. Appreciate the call. Do you, do you agree with that, though? I mean, he made some pretty generalized statements about Republicans that sure. most of them are not educated. What, what do you make of that? Well, you know, it's up to the voters to get educated on anything that we're doing. And at the more educated our voters are, the better candidates that you're going to see in office. And I think that's going to be how our future rolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got to remember a couple of things in there, though, that our Constitution is pretty solid and written in stone. And so when you try to change the Constitution, you're actually stepping on the Democrats and the Republicans all across the board of the entire country because it was written so that we would have freedoms. You know, it's we empower the government, not the government empowering us. And so we have to control that by education, you know, finding out who a candidate is, finding out where their stance is. And if if you don't like them, don't elect them. Mm -hmm. Well, I definitely exercise that right. There's no question about that. Number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-7283. I believe our next caller is Paul. Hi, Paul. Thanks for calling in. What's on your mind? Hey, I just want to, one quick comment about what the, uh, Alan just said is I, I do think when he says about the Constitution, if a change is needed at some point in our history and it saves the lives of our children in schools, then I think there has to be a point where you got to stop with this freedom nonsense and change it. Because if you keep doing the same thing and expect a different result, that's insanity. So I will respectfully agree with the Constitution. But there also has to be a point where the lives of our children supersede a piece of paper that was written by slave owners over 200 years ago. I think we could all agree on that. Let's let yeah, Alan. I, I, I don't disagree with that. You know, the thing is, yeah, is, yeah. is, you know, in the Constitution, we have that written for a number of reasons. Uh, and, and that's what, yeah. you know, constitutional amendments are for. So when it comes yeah. time to yeah. do that, let's, you know, Agreed. let's be conscientious about how we do it so that we're not taking... Yeah a blanket approach to everything. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. Perfect. Yeah. A hundred percent. Hey, I wanted to call because one of the things that I, I, I hear a lot of when these school shootings happen is that how people want to arm teachers. And you know, when somebody grows up in high school and, and they're like, what do you want to do? I want to be a vet. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a teacher. You know, these people go through a lot of school. They get into debt. They work. You know, I go to my kids open houses and teachers like, Look, I don't respond to emails after 7 p.m. I'm like, oh, my God, like they're working nonstop. They're asking for donations for pens, pencils, markers, paper, wipes, tissue boxes. And it's it's just bananas that our solution with some people in this country is, well, let's arm the teachers. Like, yeah, you're going to be a teacher. Here's your kindergarten class. Oh, by the way, here's your $1,500 Glock. We're going to have you go through training. Like, I think that's absolute insanity that we would even consider that, like, what if the, the person doesn't like guns? Or what if the teacher leaves it on the desk? Or what if a kid finds out where it is and then shoots another kid? I mean, are we going to say, oh, I'm sorry, that's really a shame, but that's the price of freedom? Like, What do you think about that, the- you, you know, I think, you know, we, in a learning environment, we need to do everything we can to keep our kids safe, not necessarily arm the teachers. I think there's other ways to handle that. And I've seen quite a few ideas come out. Uh, you know, it's one of, the, one of the reasons why I support the governor's uh, program for school choice. It's, it's critical to have the right teachers with the right students. It's critical to have a safe uh, learning environment. 
and it's critical to have the money available to do that. Uh, this past session, the assembly told the governor, no, we're not going to do school choice. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, party line thing, you know, straight down the line by the Democrats. Uh, if, you know, teachers, and I, I can say this because my parents were teachers. Mm -hmm. You know, my father had two masters and a bachelor's. And in order to get another raise, he had to get a doctorate. And that's ridiculous. Right. You know, teachers need to be paid. They need to get the money to provide it. They do. Family. Well, I mean, we don't want to see teachers getting yeah, arrested, the, the, though. That's what took place well, the other day. That was a little ridiculous. And, and I, I agree with their right to yeah. protest on it because yeah. the bottom line is this. You know, they're making thirty-two to $36,000 a year starting out. That's yeah. below the poverty level almost. Agree with that as well. I do think teachers need to get paid more money. You know, uh, I think. I, I think also think we, we need to have a little more trust in our teachers. And, and, and I do think that, again, when I say republicans some i'm not saying yeah. you're doing this i think you know I, I really they're not all indoctrinating our kids that's right <laughs> let's put in the reading writing and arithmetic as our program sure. indoctrination has no place in the schools either just like hate crimes there's just no place it in doesn't have a place but i do think hate we, crimes are far more existent in society than teachers indoctrinating well, our kids that's and, my and personal i can agree thing. with that but yeah. the reality is is we got to take mm. the time to te you know, let our teachers mm -hmm. Be teachers. We got to give them the money and support to yeah. be teachers. We don't we need to give stop. them guns. We don't. We don't need. We have That's school absurd. security officers, school police. We need right. more of them. Agree. Let's get them in place. Let's get no them. Let's find the money all. to pay those guys. Mm -hmm. Let's stop paying the top administrators mm -hmm. half a million dollars a year to do nothing. Alan keeps. I mean, even though we don't agree on a lot of things, he keeps saying things that I agree with. I don't know. It's hurting my reputation. I don't know. Seven zero two 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 one seven two eight three. I mean, when he had Jara give a sweeping raise to his administrative yeah, staff absurd. when he got fired last time, mm -hmm. and then he bring him back, the and then you're like, people are getting paid crap. a lot of money. Let's, yeah, let's, we got to do an audit. We, we got to take the yeah. audit for all seventeen mm -hmm. school system, you know, school districts yeah. in the in the state, and find out where they're spending their money, and yeah. let's. Spend it wisely. Let's Agree. stop. That's know. the that's the key issue there. You're yeah. not spending it wisely. Let's go back to the phone line, 702-221-7283. Let's go to Lauren. Hi, Lauren. You're next. You're on with Alan Bigelow. Hi. I think one thing that, that I, I, I don't understand why I keep hearing uh, people make the comment that Republicans are uneducated. I I, uh, I find it very, you know, I find it annoying. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Republican, like I've said before, married to a, an African-American Democrat. Okay, but and I have to stop I, you real quick, Lauren, and then I'll give you the floor. When more than half of Republicans in this country still believe that Donald Trump won the 2020 election... I don't call that anything else other than ignorance. Um, am I saying the majority or I don't know more than half of Republicans think Trump won in 2020 still? What would you call those people? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, you can say that they're ignorant, but but to say that they're uneducated, it's, a, it's simply an opinion. It's not you an know, opinion saying funny, Donald Trump lost or won the 2020 election. It's a lie. That's like saying the earth it, is flat. If, well, it's still an opinion. I mean, I would you call it, somebody? I, I would you it, call I, somebody that says the Earth is flat? Would you take them seriously? Well, I, I don't know anybody that thinks that. Kyrie Irving, but I don't. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't even know who Kyrie Irving. No, but the Irving point is. I'm trying I, I'm to make a, is you, 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 to form an opinion. Everybody has is entitled to their opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. Uh, and words have consequences. Uh, January sixth is a perfect example of that. Well. I, I, the bottom line is, I, I, I went to Tumbleweed Tech, 
Okay, that's the school that I went to. Mm-hmm. Tumbleweed Tech was is UNLV. Yeah, I went there too and, for, for a couple of years. Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, I mean, fifty years ago, we were taking Black History. You know, so I uh, I don't understand. It, it just annoys me. You know, the, 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 not the last caller, but the previous caller. You know, and, and then I, I hear the same thing on, I, I listen to local shows because I feel you guys need the support. You know, and, and, and that's, uh, whether I agree or disagree with you. But listen, there's the, the two types of people, is, and Alan, you could tell me whether you disagree and Lauren as well. There's two different types of people. There's people that are extremely ignorant, and then there's people that are educated and intelligent, but will lie. Okay. There are people and co-conspirators of Donald Trump and those that are elected officials that know that Donald Trump lost the 2020 election. And then there are people that are not. I believe Marjorie Taylor Greene is not very intelligent. She probably believes it. But um, I don't know if one is worse than the other. I actually maybe would beg to say that if you're intelligent and educated and you're knowingly lying, that's why Donald Trump is in the situation he is in now uh, legally. Mm-hmm. But they're both wrong, right? And the, the problem is people... You want to use the term indoctrination, but people are, uh, I guess, influenced is one nice way to put it by watching Newsmax and Fox News all day. And they believe the lies. They believe that Dominion voting machines well, were rigged. They believe the election was rigged. Let, yeah, Lauren, let me. I, I'm sorry. I just, I just feel that's a generalization. Yeah, I mean, yeah. putting the whole party as, as I didn't a, say the whole party. A, I said over 50% illiterate. of the party believe that Trump won. I didn't say the whole part. Well, Lauren, I, I get your point on it because I've heard it several times now. Uh, you know, and, and like I mentioned a minute ago, we we as Republicans have our a duty to find out who our candidates are. Would you agree with that? Exactly. Yeah, and so I think sometimes what happens is, uh, in, as society goes, we get busy and we forgot to we forget to do our research. And I think sometimes that's where that comment comes from. But uh, I, you know. As a fellow UNLV person and, and CSN and, and Central Ta- Texas College and Embry-Riddle, where I've attended classes, yeah, you know, we get uh-huh. into quite a few educated people that don't necessarily always jump into the political ring, but they're they're smart voters and they look at things on an, econ- an economic basis, mm-hmm. whether it's a, a you know a gun violence like we we're just talking about a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we get into debates with the presidential debates like they were last week, and and that was the energy that was on that stage was amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was a better Why? debate than I thought it would going to be. Lauren, I guess the point I'm trying to make is there's nothing wrong with disagreeing with someone, especially when you have somebody educated on both sides uh, having a good debate. I think that's great for the country. What's not good for the country, whether it comes from a Democrat or a Republican, are conspiracy theories and lies. And we need to we need to get away with extremes. If you want to say both sides of the party, fine, because there are some extremes on the left, too. But a lot of the extremists there's out there and the lies, a lot the of left. them, not all of them, are <laughs> yeah. coming from the extreme right. And I'm tired of it. Let's it, have conversations well, like I'm having having with Alan right now. We don't agree on everything, but I'd like to think we are two educated people having rational discussion. There's a lot of stuff in Washington today that's not rational. 
Fair enough. Did we lose Lauren? All right, we got to get to the next call. Hey, Lauren, it's good to hear from you, my friend. I appreciate the call. I think we lost you. Uh, let's take another call, 702-221-7283. If you're just joining us, uh, he is running for Assembly District 5, Republican Alan Bigelow, who uh, served this country honorably, still a firefighter, a former cop, uh, and uh, we're taking your calls at 702-221-7283. Let's go to John. I believe John is next. Hi, John. Yeah, how you doing? Good. Um, I just wanted to... Um correct you and hopefully you know you're a man who can admit when you're wrong um and a little disgusted at your comment over steve's police announcing that he had cancer and saying well you know karma comes around when you say stuff about you know somebody else okay when uh um, disgusted by? Uh, what did i say specifically that you don't like you said that he gave jamie raskin a hard time he about did. having a head cover during his chemo which treatment. he did which was a lie. No, that's not a lie. Actually, it is, because no, not, it's not only Newsweek, Newsweek Fact Check and the AP both came out and said that did not happen. You can look it okay. up for yourself. Don't so take here's what happened, and this is according to Jamie Raskin, who said behind closed doors, he made comments to him about what he was wearing. Now, I'm going to believe that Jamie Raskin didn't lie. The comments were not public. The comments were private, and Jamie Raskin is on record saying that. Now, if you don't want to believe Jamie Raskin... On record with who? One of the rags with Jamie Raskin himself. But Jamie Raskin was also quoted by AP and Newsweek both saying that, or that, that was a lie. Okay, so you're saying that you believe Jamie Raskin lied, and I disagree with you because I'm going to take the side of Jamie Raskin. But hey, you know what? Let's go a step further. This is a man mm-hmm. who admitted... That he made a mistake, he called it, when he spoke in front of David Duke and some of his Klan members. This is the man who has voted constantly to not lower the cost of prescription drugs. That's not somebody that I'm going to feel empathy for, who doesn't have empathy for others. This is a man who mocked Fetterman after he had a stroke. I choose not to feel empathy for people like that and people like Rush Limbaugh who judge other people and mock other people, and then when they're in an issue, they expect everybody to feel sorry for them. Now, we can disagree on that, sir. I'm just not that person. By the way, I started the segment by saying I don't wish cancer on anybody. It could be Steve Scalise or anybody. I would never wish him death. In fact, I said, hope he makes a full recovery, but on the other side of it, I'm not going to shed any tears. There's a difference between saying that and wishing that somebody has cancer. So I ask you again, what do you disagree with me on? We obviously disagree with the Jamie Raskin situation. I'm going to believe Jamie Raskin over Steve Scalise. If you want to disagree with me on that, that's fine. I believe that happened. What else? Well, there were two articles that were quoting you're, himself. You're a, you're a spinning it. circle, sir. I'm going to believe Jamie Raskin so over you. two articles. What else do you, you have for me? You make stuff up to fit your narrative. Okay, what's my narrative? That what? Tell me what my narrative is. That what's my narrative? That we should actually and, lower you know, prescription costs for people in this country? That is that a bad narrative? You know what? Donald Trump did do it. And you know what? First day in office, Joe Biden raised him back up just to take the credit and lower them again two okay. years later. Okay, well, uh, again, misinformation. But what's my narrative, sir? You really? said I have a narrative. Fact what's my narrative? Me. Fact check me, Brian. Fact check. Okay, I just fact told check. you about Jamie Raskin and that whole situation. You're not fact checking anything. I know the hey, whole story, and I know what Jamie sources? Raskin said on the what record, and I believe him over Steve Scalise. Sources? That's not fact checking me. Sources? So, so 
What about lowering the cost of prescription drugs? Do you like the fact that Steve Scalise was unwilling to do that? Or how about I fact check you? Good. Go ahead and fact check me because here's the thing. Okay, what's your IQ? I'm fact checking you. What's your IQ? In the bill that was in that lower prescription drug bill. Okay, so so you agree with Steve Scalise on that also. Is that what you're saying? I will I will guarantee you. Do you disagree with Democrats, what Joe Biden did with these 10 prescription drugs? Do you disagree with that bill that was put into place today? I haven't looked at what he of did. Of course today. you haven't looked at it. How but convenient. I'm, when Joe Biden what? does something good, you haven't looked at it, but you want to call in the host and fact check him on something that is absurd. Oh, why? Because you don't agree with Do you the, want your kids to grow up to I be just with? like Donald Trump, sir? I would rather my kids grow up to be like Donald Trump than creepy, corrupt Joe Biden. Okay, so what's cre- what's corrupt about Joe Biden? What has he been? What, are you under what has he been rock? indicted oh, yeah, on? Let me what guess. are the charges, yeah, sir? Yeah, let me guess. He he had he had he he can't get indicted on anything. He when can't get indicted own, uh, on anything. Why is that, sir? What 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 law has he what law has he broke? Where is your uh, evidence? See, I'm going to fact check you, going by your words, MAGA. What has Joe what? Biden done broken the law? What has he done? Sorry, Alan, I'm getting into it with this guy. I apologize. What is what has well, Joe Biden on. done I mean, against hey, the law? All the evidence is right there. Where's you the know, evidence? The, uh, Where is it? Because nobody, no Republican has, has put forth it. actual real evidence. There's no there there. Where's the evidence? I'm fact checking oh, you. Where's man. the evidence, sir? So, le- so let me guess. You know, they go, no, no, they no, go no, no. There's no guessing. Answer the question. Where's the evidence? What did he do? What law did he break? Because Hunter Biden has didn't ask you about Hunter Biden. He's a private citizen. We're talking about Joe Biden, and now I'm going to ask you for the third time because I'm going to fact check you. What did he do? You're the son. What law did he break? Answer the question. Why can't you answer it? Corruption, bribery, corruption. What corruption? What is it? What did he do? Where's the corruption? Where's the evidence? Fifty million dollars. You want to fact check me, and then you just want to throw something at a wall and hope it sticks when you have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Oh, get out you know of what? Here, I hope you're your kids grow up to be just like Donald Trump. Goodbye, sir. I hope your kids grow up to be just like Donald Trump and cheat on every wife they've had and attack Gold Star families and attack POWs and lie for a living and be a snake oil salesman their whole life with a horrible fake tan and, 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 and a dad bob. Bod. I, uh, sir, I hope your kids grow up just to be like Donald Trump. You must be very proud of yourself, sir. What a great father figure you are. You know what? Even even Republicans out there would say the last person they want to see their kids grow up to be is somebody like Donald Trump, who's a perpetual liar, a narcissist, and just a horrible human being. But that says everything we need to know about you. And I also find it interesting that you call into this show and you say you're fact-checking me, and then you want to say Joe Biden corruption, and I ask you the same question Ten times in a row, and you can't answer, which is, what crime did Joe Biden commit? And you can't answer the question, and you just, corruption, corruption. You have no idea what you're talking about. Anyway, I'm sorry, Alan. These people drive me crazy. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, if people out there think that Joe Biden committed a crime, then tell me what crime he committed. Well, you know, the, the twist on that, too, is is the sitting president can't be charged with a crime because he can pardon himself. So... The evidence will play itself out and, and just give it he the time. He can be charged, he can be convicted, but he can pardon himself, right. correct. But my question is, when you have Comer mm-hmm. and you have McCarthy, and they've all said, we don't have it yet. We're going to get there. Mm-hmm. We don't have the crime yet, but we're going to get there. Well, I think they're they're being a little more meticulous in their preparation of any cases they have because it's such a big deal. When you sit there and accuse mm-hmm. a president... 
or any member of his family of something like that, and you have to have your ducks in a row. And when they're ready, they'll bring it out. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Listen, if there's evidence that Joe Biden committed a crime, mm-hmm. fair game. Yep. Fair game. The problem I have is people that, like this last caller, who's like, he did this, this, and this. Where are you getting that from? Where's the evidence? Oh, I heard it from blah, 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 blah. Again, we have indictments. Donald Trump is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Absolutely. But in these indictments, there's plenty of evidence that I could say to you, Alan, fake electorate scheme. I believe he did this, this, and this based on the evidence. And when I hear people say bribery, corruption, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden is, again, a private citizen. There's no question he took advantage well, they, of Well, they've guys. already established that he acted as a un- unregistered foreign agent, which is in itself a crime. But uh, that's Hunter Biden. But that's Hunter Biden. Correct. Okay. Now, the rest of it, as the Justice Department or the, you know, the, the Congress is investigating it, they're going to find whatever the facts are, and then they're going to present them. And then there's either a case or there's not. And that's exactly my point when talking about to- the 2020 mm-hmm. election. Democrats cheated Joe, but they had 61 chances in a courtroom to prove their case, and they were unable to do so. But yet there are so many Republicans out there that still claim that Joe Biden cheated and and Donald Trump won. If, in fact, what you're saying happens and Republicans actually have real evidence, not some guy calling into a radio show that says corruption, Hunter Biden, um, then I think that's very fair. And and, and let's let's do it. Let's see that evidence. Um, I have no problem with that at all. Hunter Biden was already charged and convicted with the tax fraud. And uh, with the gun charge. Yeah. And I, and I got to, you know, really the, the judge in that case uh, that actually read the documents uh, was right on point. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you slip something in there. It says, hey, you know, he can't be convicted of anything else forever, ever and ever. Well, no. You know, what if he goes and gets a DUI next week and kills somebody? Well, and then he goes then, to jail. Then, but then yeah. but he can't be convicted because he got that pardon forever. Well, so, I disagree with that. Um, I, and yeah. that's my point. I yeah. mean. That kind of a sweeping. I don't think Hunter amnesty. Biden has. A, I don't think Hunter yeah. Biden has that. Not no, no. because she read the case. Uh, right. and she read the which the, wouldn't be fair for anybody. Right. Let's be clear. You know that um, would be that would just in, in the yeah. total scope of the law system and the judicial courts and everything else. That'd just be a travesty to yeah. get a blanket pardon for whatever you do for the rest of your life. But this is like when I hear about Joe Biden, I hear creepy Joe, and I hear these names and everything. Um, so what, what, how, do you, how do you react to the, the, the pictures and things that pop out, of, you know, where you see Joe's sure. bitten, you know, nose is buried into a little girl's hair or something like mm-hmm. that? So I, I think mean, we all have somebody in our life that might be a grandpa or somebody that mm-hmm. maybe... And uh, we, we, we talked about that a little yeah, bit and ago. And I think you know? there's a fine line between what Joe Biden does in those images and what an actual real pedophile does Mm -hmm. i don't believe what joe biden is doing is sexual uh and i believe when you call somebody a pedophile you are saying that they are attracted to kids and they're exercising that which Mm -hmm. is disgusting and i think it's just a way of people of attacking joe biden uh same thing of calling him sleepy joe or Mm -hmm. in the bunker the man is in his early 80s he's not young anymore he's not like he was 10 years ago and i don't want him to run for office again but I do have a problem when people throw out that word pedophile. So, so who do you like as a, as a Democrat opponent for this next election then? Tough question. Uh, I like the guy Shapiro, not because he has my last name, <laughs> but I actually, I actually do think he would be a good candidate. Um, 
I've got positives and negatives when it comes mm-hmm. to Gavin Newsom, but mm-hmm. I do think he's a very good debater. Mm-hmm. Um, my number one would be Michelle Obama. I think she would destroy everybody on a stage. I don't care who it is. Uh, I would want to see Michelle Obama run. She's extremely intelligent. She understands how the game is played. I do think she's a decent human being, mm-hmm. uh, whether or not you agree or not with her on policy. When she was the first lady, she did more than Melania Trump did. Melania Trump built tennis courts. Um, uh, she actually did a lot for nutrition and she did a lot for kids. So Michelle Obama would be my number one. But the problem is, Alan, she's not going to run. So if you're asking me what people would have a chance of running, not the vice president. I'm not a fan of hers. I want to no, be very I'm, clear I'm not on either, that. Not okay? by any means. No, I don't yeah. want Joe Biden to run again. I don't want our vice president to run. Um, uh, I think Booker's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, he he would never win, but I, I think he would be someone that I could certainly vote for. Um, certainly not any member of the squad. I'll tell you that I'm very okay. disappointed in yeah. them. So how about how about on the Republican side after sure. the debate? Where who is your favorite person in that round? In the debate? Yeah, in the debate. I'd have to say Nikki Haley. Uh, okay. I disagree with her on a lot of policies, but mm-hmm. I, I liked it when she was able to call out her own party. Mm-hmm. I thought she was very reasonable on the abortion issue, even though I disagree with her. Mm-hmm. She sounded more moderate than I thought she was. Um, Chris Christie is a blowhard. Yeah. You're 100% yeah. right. We're just, I, I'm Where just were never, you been, a, you've I never agree. been a fan of his. Where were you four or five years ago? You enabled yeah. Donald Trump. Yeah. Okay. Now all of a sudden. Um, he's going to turn turn on him and, and say, yeah. oh, yo, no, yeah. no, no. Hutch- Hutchison well, is boring. He has yeah. no chance. Let's be honest. Um, uh, I, uh, <laughs> Vivek, I'll, I'll save that for tomorrow he, he when he is, comes on he the show. Is, yeah. He seems to be, you know, the rising star pushing up into the second position this do, week. I agree. Who do I dislike the most on that stage? Ron DeSantis, you know, when asked the question, did Mike Pence do the right thing on January 6th? Everybody on that stage answered, yes, Mike. In fact, you know, Christy even took it a step mm-hmm. further, which I, I appreciated. Everybody said, yes, Mike. You did. The only person that was hesitant to answer that question was Ron DeSantis because he's a fool. Yes, Mr. Vice President, you did the right thing that day. You did choose the Constitution, your mm-hmm. Constitution, and, and over I, Donald and, yeah, Trump. We've talked about you but know, Ron I'm very, I'm very vocal about supporting the Constitution. I know you are. And Ron DeSantis struggled to answer that question. Mm-hmm. I thought everything with Ron DeSantis was just memorized sentences that a campaign aide gave him. Uh, I thought Nikki Haley was off the cuff. She's an intelligent lady. Mm-hmm. Off the cuff. I, Mike Pence, I, I mm-hmm. thought he had a pretty good debate. I'd never vote for him. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I just, you know, overall... Mike Pence got the most talking time. I think he he uh, came off the most emotional, other than Chris Christie, uh, you know. And and I, yeah. I kind of fell over laugh, not fell over literally, but was laughing in, inwardly when he and he said, "No, we don't need a rookie to step in. We need somebody that's experienced." Um, Memorized of, statement, I yeah. guess. But uh, speaking, of, you know, of, yeah. of Vivek, since he's coming yeah. on tomorrow, sure. You know, I I really as a as the winners in that debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you probably had three, you know, I think, you know, I don't think it was DeSantis. He was in the top three. Really? I, would, think? I think he was in the top to him, Vivek and Nikki Haley. They all made very valid cases. There was some things that, that could have been fleshed out, I think a little bit better. Um, and, and I think that maybe that DeSantis did stumble a little bit in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Vivek kind of went across the board when, you know, he says, you know what? I'm the only one not up here that bought and paid for it. And I think the, 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 uh, he's the, very cocky. Yeah. And I think the fish yep. in the, in the pool kind of turned into piranhas real quick. 
Um, he was, he's very, he's, he sets himself off as a little bit condescending and, and, and a little bit cocky. Let's take another call, shall we? 702-221-7283. Uh, that last one got me a little fired up, Alan. Uh, let's go to Ronald. Ronald is next. What's up, Ronald? Mr. Shapiro got bleeping owned just like he did against Mark. Who did Lisa I get on by? Who did I get on by? Where's an irony? All right, calm down. Settle like down. Please, an idiot. Right, okay, settle down. Who did I get owned by? Did he hang up? Okay. Very intelligent phone call. Alan, sometimes I get really good phone calls like that. Yeah, well, you got a great fan base, you know? <laughs> sometimes that happens from time to time. I'm trying to think of uh, some topics that we didn't even really get around to. Uh, one of them, of course, gun control. We didn't even get into that. I don't think we have time to get into that debate. But... I want to talk a little bit, you know, about, listen, you're running locally for mm-hmm. Assembly District 5. Right. If you're voted in on day one, what's the number one thing you would want to do to help the people in this community? The number one thing I want to do, I want to get our kids a, a safe educational environment. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Number one. Uh, so how do you think it's not safe now? Well, I mean, last year we had a teacher get raped in high school. And, yeah, that's you know, awful. And that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know. Uh, I went to Valley High School here mm-hmm. and, and graduated back in 1980, so I'm telling on my age a little bit. In the fall of 1980, we had our first school shooting at Valley High School. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. One of my best friends was in the classroom. You know, my When parents, was this? 1980. Wow. The fall of 19, October of 1980. Mm-hmm. I had just landed in Germany, you know, fresh out of the boot camp and, and training and everything else, and I hear that my high school teacher was attacked. Um, and it's progressively gotten worse. So, you know, obviously safe school environments are big things. You know, I want to make sure kids have the ability to learn that they don't have distractions. They don't have to worry about somebody barging in the front door shooting, Mm -hmm. you know, the school shootings that it's just got to stop. It's just got to stop. And and how, you know, how, but in, in, and we, you know, if we need, and there's a lot of good plans out there, you know, Mm -hmm. single entry points, Mm -hmm. you know, increased officer presence, um, you know, there's a list. Can I yeah. ask you though, with that, with a single entry point, mm-hmm. if, if if somebody shows up with an AR-15 or multiple weapons, can't they just shoot down windows and doors? I don't. I, I just don't see well, how that could help. Most exterior doors, and not every one of them, but you know, uh, El Dorado High School went through this huge revamp. Mm-hmm. It's a super safe environment because of it, and that's what they've said. You know, that's what the school district has said. So. Most school exterior doors in the commercial buildings and schools are metal metal doors. There's not a lot of windows in schools anymore. They're just not. And if they are, they're up high. Or they're at ceiling level. And, and you can see them around the schools do here you in think, Vegas. Do you think, though, an 18-year-old should be allowed, the day he turns 18, with no training on how to use a weapon, to walk into a gun store and buy thousands of rounds of ammunition and a bunch of assault weapons? You can at 18. Has in some be. states, you can. You know, I, I, in Uvalde, he did. Yeah, and that was that was unfortunate. I think you know that the FBI kind of failed in that because in Buffalo, he was, the eighteen year old in Buffalo did. Well, in Uvalde, the eighteen year old, the kid was on the on the radar, mm-hmm. and they didn't do anything about it. So was the so was the Jacksonville shooter in two thousand and seventeen. Yeah, had and a so mental all illness. All these people were already on the radar. So mm-hmm. why didn't somebody do something? Why? How did they slip through that system? Because you have to go through a background check to buy but any kind a of lot, a weapon. But there are people out there, a percentage of people mm-hmm. that don't want any red flag laws on the books at all because they say it takes well, away from your constitutional I rights. I don't know that it, it red flag laws and, and gun you know, background checks, I think they're kind of two different things. You know, uh, I just recently went through a CCW class. Mm-hmm. 
more because I wanted the information. Right. You know, I want to know. I want to understand. When I'm in something, when I'm participating in something, I want to know the facts. I want to get out there and be educated in it. Yeah, I ran several businesses in the past. One of them was a restaurant, you know, and it lost money for up until the, you know, I took over. I was asked this, you know, they told me, said, listen, it was a, uh, I don't want to mention any names, but it was a pizza place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said, look, it's losing money. It's losing three to $4,000 a month. We're thinking about closing the store. Hmm. And I was like, well, let me look at it. Let me take a look. Let me try. If nothing else, you can promote me back down to an assistant manager and then everybody's fine. A couple months later, we, you know, I, I found the problems. I worked on them. Uh, we turned it around in about three months. Uh, it broke even. And in the fifth month, I got a bonus check out of it for profits. Now, not because I didn't dig in. It's because I found the problems. I looked into it. I educated myself on what was going on. I found the policies to support positions I had to do and to do the changes that were in place and, and adjust the programs and, and the employees and the different things that went with it. Uh, the same thing goes true with anything else. If you educate yourself properly it, and people like, for example, the NRA absolutely support gun education, mm-hmm. you know, kids in hunter education pro hunter safety programs, they don't get a permit to go hunting with their parents unless they go through a whole safety program. I, I wouldn't disagree with that in schools. You know, we have, exploratory programs. I think that should happen with anybody you know, who purchases a weapon. That I there agree. has to be some I sort have, of mandatory I have training. I no problem yeah. with having some so kind we, of training with We agree that there are ways to it, lower the gun violence if Republicans and Democrats could actually come together and agree on some fundamental things. We're not going yeah. to agree on everything. Um, I get that. Restricting our Second Amendment rights, that's not it. But getting the education programs into place to support the Second Amendment then all of a sudden, we're in a nation of educated people. Like the caller said, we're not always educated. We need to be educated. And if we're not taking the time to get the education, yeah, you know what? If you don't take the time to go mm-hmm. and, and, and a good, I mean, a good case, you know, since we're talking about guns, if you don't know how Got to take, yep. if we don't you know how to take your gun mm-hmm. apart and clean it, you don't need to have it. I wouldn't, I would, that's why I wouldn't own a gun right now. You know, I don't know how to do that. I agree with you. Um, again, and but and, that you know, comes with the class and training and how to handle it, and how to some, keep it safe. Some mandatory training it would certainly save you know? some lives. I've accidental deaths when it comes to guns for starters. Mm-hmm. I agree, Alan. We only got about a minute left. Yeah, I want to ask you this: uh, give out the information how people can learn a little bit more about your campaign and donate. Really Where do people go? VoteAlanBigelow dot com. It's A L A N B I G E L O W. Uh, my phone number is 702-427-5656, and the website, again, is alanbigelow.com. We are having a kickoff event on September 14th Oh, cool! at Chinglish in Boca Park at 6 o'clock. Everybody come visit. Everybody gets to answer, ask questions. There'll be some surprise guests in there. We have a, a guest uh, 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 master ceremony, losing words here. Uh, yeah. And and it'll be a lot of fun. We're going to be See, there from six o'clock that? to seven thirty. See, and that's something where, uh, on Alan's behalf, I would speak and I would say he's a good man. He's somebody that I could certainly see myself voting for. Here's why. And probably a lot of people would be probably shocked to hear that, that don't know me very well. But I actually do vote for Republicans. <laughs> and you're somebody that I could absolutely see myself uh, voting for because I think we agree fundamentally on a lot of things, you know. And, you know, it, and it, it, I think it goes back to what we're talking about, education. Ed, educating yourself sure. on this and that and whatever the other issues is, please do it. 
And having the, good discussions and good debates that yeah. do not include Hunter Biden or Joe Biden sniffing hair. Well, you know, <laughs> we got we to comment on the pictures we see because that's part of the education. That's true. I could all I do comment on Donald Trump's fake tan. I do see those pictures in his well, golf yeah. swing from time to time. He's so got a great that, toupee. You kidding? <laughs> that is true. Alan, thank you in all seriousness. Thank you so much for well, being thanks here. thanks for having me. Another great conversation. You're welcome back anytime. And, and I always do appreciate you being yeah. here. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we got Vivek Ramaswamy joining us on the show tomorrow oh boy that's going to be a lot of fun that's <laughs> i think it's going to be a really interesting conversation thanks for joining us on social media and everywhere we appreciate you joining us we'll see you tomorrow have a great day everybody